0: To the three under par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white balls live. I'm your host Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host KJ and T Bone. up, boys? How's it going?
1: What's going on, fellas.
0: KJ, you look really red, man. Good. I
1: say that every week. That's because yeah, because I you're play like golf.
0: Really <laughs> somber in there, huh? Ooh, eh, starting to get it. <laughs> nice, Scott. T-Bone, I like the
1: good, little.
2: Man. Yeah, I like the uh, the golf background picture. Yeah, no big deal.
0: So for those who are watching on YouTube, that is pebble beach right there. And so soft flex on the pebble beach stuff, but yeah, my wife got a nice pebble beach portrait in our room because I'm usually upstairs recording, but now I'm downstairs. So mix it up. It's a nice
2: touch. It's a nice touch.
0: Thank you. I'll tell her that. I don't know if she listens or not, to be honest, but
1: (laughs) hopefully not or else she's never going to let you play golf with me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, fellas, we're going to talk some Traveler's Championship, maybe touch on the Utah Championship as well. And then uh, today I played in the Texas Am qualifier. So going to talk about that a little bit as well. So we're going to put time cues in in the description below on where we talk about what certain things. And uh, we're a little crunched for time, so we're just going to dive right on into it. Pretty – all right, so week three, PJ Tours back. They're up at Connecticut, Traveler's Championship, DJ comes away victorious. Uh, Scaff, that's your boy. We were kind of taking a dump on DJ last week, and then he just goes out and wins. I thought it was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. uh, I was talking about the streak he had going, and I guess he completed it to keep it going for 13 years. If you think about what you were doing 13 years ago, I was pretty damn young. Were you in Um, elementary
0: school? no no
2: I'm no just <laughs> no but uh i was a preteen and no, i was a teenager just barely a teenager just hanging out and he was winning pga tour events so
1: were you been a for a long
2: time i was, I was 13 it's probably not
0: no it's middle I don't know school how yeah just work yeah nice <laughs> how ages work well i do want to put a caveat so 13 seasons supposedly dustin johnson has won on the pga tour it's a little skewed because of the wraparound schedule. They're including the wraparound schedule on in that. In terms of, so it puts them in categories with, like, Jack Nicklaus, Ana Palmer, Tiger Woods, for people who have won, like, consecutively that long in number of years. And it's a little skewed, though, because of the wraparound schedule. It's not calendar year, so it's still really impressive not to take anything away from DJ, but you got to take it with a grain of salt a little bit, I feel like. KJ, what were you
1: doing 13 years ago? uh let's see I probably just got my first truck right around then nice let's see. Totaled 15. it 15 hey no not true <laughs> oh second it was truck, totaled second but it wasn't truck, your fault second truck was totaled that oh, was yeah. not my fault <laughs> no my <laughs> first is. truck was uh yeah my first truck was just I mean I bought it and it was like a 98 and it jacked up mud tires so I mean it was on its last leg pretty much but I've Bought it cheap and it was a great, great starter truck.
2: This is a great segue. So I saw some DJ coverage today and uh, just saw like a quick rapid fire question with DJ. And his first car, this is the most DJ thing ever, and I love him for it. But his first car was a red Honda Civic stick shift. And he said it had no radio. So he just had a boom box in the back seat. He's like, <laughs> so he had a boom box with batteries in the back seat. Worked perfect. I was oh like, that was the most DJ thing ever. Dude, and he's I got like five
1: foot long legs. Can you imagine him in a Honda Civic?
2: <laughs> uh, with a boom box in the back. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, most Man.
0: people put like subs or something in the back and he just put a straight boom box. I could see him still doing that there. today.
2: I could see him doing that today. Like, Oh, my speaker's broke, broken. I'll just put in a boom box.
0: I bet you Paulina wouldn't let him though. Yeah. Pa- I think oh, Paulina not. likes to live that good life.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: So, Hey, look, you know, 13 years on tour, 21 PJ tour wins now for DJ. Pretty impressive considering we always talk about how hard it is to win on the PJ tour nowadays. And he's been doing it for a very long time. Uh, I mean, I guess the big knock on DJ is that he hasn't won as many major championships as we thought he probably would have by now. But, I mean, still a really impressive career. We were kind of touched upon it last week, and I want to bring this back. Do you think DJ is a Hall of Famer right now?
2: Oh, 100%.
1: Yeah. No question. We we kind of talked about this last time, and I I think I've – I wouldn't say really changed my stance because, yes, I do – I think the only kind of um, reason why I had any, any doubt is because, I mean, you think DJ, you would think he'd be winning so many more majors and, and really even more, more tournaments with just the talent that guy's got. I mean, he booms it. It's always just been his putter. But, I mean, if you just put some other name up there like Joe Schmo and you put those stats next to him, you'd be like, dude, this guy's a beast. But when you put DJ's name on those stats, you're like, Deej, what's going on, man? What's going on? Slightly underperforming a little bit. Would you yeah. Say?
0: Yeah. I agree. So it's one of those two where it's like, all right, on, well, we kind of talked about before we jumped on here. None of us really watched most of the Traveler's Championship. Like, I was getting ready for the AM qualifier today, and T-Bone was out shooting a solid 87 at Houston National. No big deal. <laughs> well, but... wait for
2: your turn, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's why T bone we gotta give you a hard time
1: about that, man. 87 yeah. solid. Been, Dude, been you, been throwing That's out the not even though. a bad that's not bad, T Bone. Like you're not throwing out you're not throwing out a scratch handicap and you're playing Honat, which is I'm sure like Honat. That is a fantastic name for that. <laughs> Honat, bro.
0: Yeah. You know Did we just come but, up with something? Did KJ just discover something? Yeah. Well go um, back
2: on our YouTube channel. Um I, ha- I posted a video with a golf course review over the winter about Houston National, which I'm now going to call Honat. Um, I think I gave it like a mediocre rating, but I fucking hate that course, and I continue to play it. Play like shit it, every time I go was there. Was it blowing
1: like 20 miles an windy,
2: hour? Dude, windy as hell. Houses on every hole. you leave the hole.
1: house, no yeah. wind. You get out there, it's blowing you know, 15, 18, 20 miles an hour steady all the time.
2: It was I've brutal. never My- been out
1: there without like 15 miles an hour wind.
2: Actually, I got a quick. Let's go ahead. I got to jump into this round. I'll give the highlights of of just how much of a clusterfuck this day was. <laughs> let's hear it. So, I left my golf clubs at my friend's house because we were hitting on a simulator. So, I'm driving home to my, to meet my friends at the for our tea time. We're all meeting up, and I realize I left my clubs at his house from from a few days before. Oh. So we're showing up. Um, I'm panicking. I realized my other friend left his clubs in his dad's car. So his clubs are gone. Um, we're panicking. We've got like 20 minutes to our tea time. We called and let him know we're going to be late. My buddy made the tea time for the wrong day. Um,
0: oh, my gosh. And
2: yeah. It's so getting just, better and better. Who, who would you think? I won't name any names, but it's a loyal listener. <laughs> hey, we got we a Dougie in there? Is. Yeah. You know yeah. who you
0: are. Shout out to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dougie. <laughs> uh, but that was a good run. But anyways, let's continue on. We got better things to talk about.
0: <laughs> well, going back to the Travelers Championship real quick. You know, 21 PJ Tour wins. Because we didn't really watch it, like, it wasn't that competitive. There were some weather delays in there. DJ almost tried to give it away at the end, but he comes out victorious. It's tournaments like these that just don't really, I feel like, engage me as a viewer. But it's – when guys keep winning and racking them up like that, that's when you're like, oh, you know, that's really impressive for a potential Hall of Fame career like DJ. Uh, I, I think he'll end up in the Hall of Fame just purely based off the number of PJ Tour wins. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to 30 at some point, maybe 35. But, you know, if he gets a player's championship or major two under his belt, I think he'll be all right uh, for sure. I, luck.
1: I'd love to see him kind of Brooks Kepkit for the rest of his career and just start smashing majors. Yeah, like that'd be great. If he only has five more wins for the rest of his life, I hope all five of them are majors. Definitely, it's hard to argue against that. Uh, I feel like one of the big
0: stories, though, coming out of Travelers this week was leading up to the tournament of how many COVID nineteen cases have been announced. Uh, not only from the players, it started off with Cam Champ, but then uh, Brooks Koepka's caddy got uh, t- he tested positive. So then. Brooks backs out. And then Chase Kepka backs out, which he even Monday qualified for. Can you imagine getting yeah. through those Mondays? We always talk about how hard it is, and he withdraws. I mean, huge, like, nut shot on that one.
1: Just it, a yeah. straight – I don't care what the test would have been. I would have been like, I just qualified for a tour event. You can shove whatever you want, how far up my nose you want. <laughs> I'm playing in that thing. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not going to say, oh, I might, you know, be, be positive, so I'm not going to play. Uh-uh. It's either I'm testing positive positive, not going, or, you know, I'm getting that test for sure. Right. The good news is
2: uh, he has a brother who's pretty good at golf, who I think has some pull, um, can pull some strings for him. And he got a sponsor's exemption for next year.
0: Yes. Travelers, that's the big so. thing. Kudos to Travelers for acknowledging it, that that was just outside of his control. And so they're giving a spot into next year's event, which – I mean, there's always next year. So he for sure gets a spot, but you know, you want to, whenever you get starts, you want to take advantage of that now because you're probably playing
1: well. Yeah. Yeah. It's who knows what's going to be going on next year. You know, he might not be really even trying to, you know, either be playing that much or, you know, he might be in a slump or whatever. Obviously he's playing well right now since he qualified. That's when you want to kind of hit it while the grease is hot. Right.
0: Sure. So, did y'all see the articles though i think it was from alan Shipnunk or ship whatever the uh, the guy he, you're not
2: good with names we get
1: it
0: yeah I'm, <laughs> i might be the absolute worst with names, so i apologize in advance joaquin neiman anyway
1: it's i was pretty good actually that was, that was way better than you normally do
0: oh definitely definitely okay uh there Anyways. were a couple of articles that were trending out on at least on twitter and social media saying that the pj tour should just pull the plug stop the season now and i want to give big shouts to jay monahan and the pj tour for keep playing alan i think you're completely wrong and i respectfully disagree with you because he is a well-respected and i I like him i like his work but to suggest that the pj tour should just stop i think is ridiculous because as jay monahan said we need to learn to live with this virus it's not going away it's not gonna go away anytime soon so i think we need just us as a society are going to have to learn to live with this virus in some form or fashion, whatever your opinions may be on the virus, because some people like really doomsday about it. Some people don't care. I think there's probably a happy medium somewhere in there, but I think it even came out today that uh, Dylan Fratelli, he tested positive already. So he withdrew from the rock and mortgage already. And, you know, even Webb Simpson, he withdrew, he Nobody tested positive in his camp. Paul Tesori, friend of the show. Go listen to it. But I think the PJ Tour needs to play on. So I'm going to give big shouts. Are they testing every player in caddy? Yes. They're testing everybody. Before each round? I don't know exactly what the protocols are, but I think that Hilton Head and the RBC Heritage was a big wake-up call for them because too many people were testing positive with with Nick Watney and all them. And – and even grant mcdowell's caddy shout out to him he test positive so grant mcdowell had the withdrawal i think people were being too lax about it so i think they're going to tighten up those protocols and really nail down hey like you can't go to the practice screen after you for sure get a negative result back something like that so i think the pj tour they're probably setting the standard for a lot of other professional organizations sports organizations as they come back. So yeah, you're going to have some mishaps. You're going to figure it out as you go, but to pull the plug on the whole thing, I think it's just dumb. It is stupid. It's a terrible take props to them for keep playing, tighten it up because we want to make sure everybody's safe out there, but keep playing. That's my
1: little spiel on that. Anybody have any other thoughts? I like it. I just, I don't see how you got to learn to play with it. Like you said, because there's even, you know, a chance that if they test them before the tournament, What happens if uh, they go out to dinner Saturday night and get it and then, you know, spread it Sunday or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, if they're not testing them before each time, I mean, each round before they go out there. But if you look at it with no fans and all that stuff, the only person that you really are close to at all during the round is your caddy. Yeah, right.
0: Yes. And the no laying up guys, DJ was really making an interesting case for it, which I thought was interesting why have caddies out there on the PGA tour right now? If you want to minimize the risk, why have caddies out there? I think there could be an argument as to why you should or shouldn't. And I'm definitely open to that. I don't know where I land on that yet, but I mean, if you want to really tighten the bubble, as they say, having minimizing people into the bubble is a good way to start. Take away the caddies, you're taking away half, potentially half your problems, or even your swing coaches or, Nutritionists, they have the, like entire teams out there. It's
1: crazy. Some of the that would change the entire dynamics of who the players are, though, because some players lean on their caddies so much, and some players really they're just carrying their back. They do everything they're on right. their own. There's some caddies that lean, I mean, some players that lean on them so much that if you say you can't have caddies, you're messing with that guy's livelihood, you
0: right?
1: know? It's like taking your putter out of the bag, like you're, you're gonna shoot 105. Yeah, I
0: mean, that that's a good point. Uh, one of the arguments for eliminating caddies, though, is that the purses are still the same. So if a player relationship with the caddy, like Webb Simpson, if Paul wasn't on the bag for Webb, yeah, he might not have won, but you could still pay your caddy your usual amount because the it's not like they're getting pay decreases. The purses are the exact same for the payouts. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But maybe Webb Simpson wouldn't have won if Paul wasn't on the bag because you could hear Paul working in through some shots. So there's right. a – I would assume caddies would still be there no matter what, but it's an interesting argument I think to hear. I think I think the one
2: thing I'm fully on on board with, you know, let's just play with this, like continue to play, learn how to deal with it, blah blah blah. But it felt like during the Heritage, it was oh my god, Nick Watney has COVID, and that was like shocking. Now it's kind of like, okay, Nick Watney, Graham McDowell's caddy, Brooks's caddy, Jason Day showed symptoms. Dylan Fratelli, um, Harris English just got it. So it's like, uh, yeah, let's just continue to play. (laughs) But I mean, that's low key skyrocketing and I don't really know what to do. But I
1: guess the point where, I mean, I think one thing that you could do is no pins. You can't, you can't move the pins because that's, that's one of the, the contact points. But, why wouldn't each course give like a cart to each like each caddy and uh, each caddy and each each player, and like leave it for them? You know, like that's their cart for the week. Nobody else is touching that. You're not switching carts out. Or, you know, something like that. And just, I mean, I think that would be an easier way to do it. I mean, walking, yes, but having them, I think, you know, have something that's just that one players for that week, I think would be better.
2: Interesting. Yeah. At the end of the day, little white balls life can't take yeah. it away now. Yeah. Let's I go. Mean, yeah. All those guys I are mean, in
1: such good shape and like, you know, most of them are young ish. Yeah. Half of them probably had not not don't even know it. Right. Yeah. And sports being back, I think is just important for the country
0: at the moment. I mean, just getting to watch live sports. I mean, we went almost two or three months with nothing. Like how desperate are we for this? So I think major league baseball and NBA NFL, they're going to take a look at this, see what NASCAR UFC and what PJ tour golf is doing and then take what they like from it. And then hopefully incorporate it. So, cause again, the safety is paramount for everybody, but I think we need to keep playing golf, keep playing, press on. That's my stance. Yep, so T let's transition to some golf gossip slash fashion T bone. Take it away.
2: Yep, taking the spotlight, Mr. Mickelson himself. Um, if you didn't have a chance to see, well, rewind. I think Phil's been on the tour for over 20 years, and I've never in my life, since I've been watching him, wear sunglasses. So within the last few weeks, I think first tournament back Colonial, he uh, he throws on the reflector shades, and I was I was like, eh, but because they're Phil, they're badass.
1: Like so, aviators.
2: Yeah, he's got like a few pairs that he's rocking, aviators, the reflectors, all that. And then on Sunday, he rocks a pair of joggers, which if you've listened to any episodes.
0: T-Bone. T-Bone, you got muted. T-Bone, you went out, man. Can't hear you. So I guess we'll just pick this up. T-Bone, keep working (laughs) on your audio here.
1: Uh, why yeah, so I mean, so I, I, I said it earlier. Um, I'm not even mad. I'm a Phil guy. I'm not even mad that he lost. You know, he was kind of he was in the hunt, but obviously he didn't listen to last week's pod because I throw some mad shade on joggers, and then Phil of all people goes out and wears joggers.
2: In my back.
0: Like,
1: yeah, he's it back.
2: Hey, T-bone. got it. Continue. I heard the end of that. So there was some speculation that they technically weren't joggers because there wasn't a elastic band at the bottom of the pant.
1: Uh, they, they were, were definitely teary. funneled in pretty tight.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so they were a very tapered pant, which is just not not what I expect from Phil. Um, but at the same time, I just bought the Phil Mickelson wedge, and I'm just like never been more Team Phil, so I got to support him. Those guys on wedge? Yeah. PM grind. It's like (laughs) a big old pancake looking wedge. I just bought it and it was hitting flops about two feet yesterday with it. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm concerned where this is going to go and to take it even further, continuing on the fashion earlier this week, he bought the rights to hit bombs or hitting bombs.
0: Yeah. He's trying to trademark it.
2: Yeah. So there's speculation that that's going to become his clothing brand which I will be a sucker for unless it's fucking joggers. Don't do that. (laughs) You can put anything else on there that says hit bombs and I'm going to buy it, Um, but not joggers. And so that's a little, um, that's a little, I guess, golf fashion. Real quick, golf gossip as well, I guess falls under gossip. And it makes me want to open it up for a question. I'll never ask remotely anything near it. But the massive fart that Ian Poulter had (laughs) that was caught on audio was incredible. And I'm going to open it up to the pod. Does this make you like him more or less?
1: (laughs) No. To like somebody for farting, you have to understand, did Uh they mean to do it on purpose? Or was he just an old man and just floating air biscuits, let one (laughs) (laughs) loose?
2: You know, um, it sounds like it was on purpose because he asked the audio guy, he "Goes, did you get that?"
1: Because <laughs> I mean, if he's over there just, you know, just tossing some steam on purpose right next to it, <laughs> like, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect, you gotta that. love a guy who just is like, "Fuck it, let it go, man." Yeah,
2: I think this is a this is a win for Team Polter, the Polter camp.
1: Would, you ever you ever think uh, we would be talking about golf gossip with? Greg Chalmers and fashion with <laughs> Phil Phil's like no. the most dad guy on the tour, and he's in the fashion light this week. Unreal,
2: crazy, crazy stuff. I think you got to respect it though.
1: He, yeah, he's really, I don't know. He's if... really diversifying his stock on the PGA too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: Pulte's been around for so long, and imagine how many like hate comments he gets for his Ryder Cup play from Americans. Like him farting on camera is probably the least of his worries. Like, <laughs> he doesn't care at all. Uh, I don't know if it makes me like him more, but uh, it doesn't make me hate him it more. It's I think it's hilarious. It shows they're yeah. human, man. They just yeah. rip ass on t- live TV.
2: <laughs> that was incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Good what I, that, that's what I had else for golf gossip. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, I guess even since we're here, we never did a follow-up T Bone on uh, Gary Player and his son Dean Player. Didn't they have sort of like settlements? court from his master's yeah you're gonna put me on the spot with this one yeah Um, well just it was a follow-up from last year's dean player was in like a scandal of selling master's tickets with his dad's name and he wasn't following through on what all he was promising so I think I think there was something related to that well yeah that was one of our
2: first golf gossip stories so right Um, we'll have to get back on that
0: yeah, just, just to follow up from last year, that's yeah. uh, legal system, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Yep. So, uh, before we move on, because we're pressed for time here, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Kyle Jones, for winning the Utah championship. Let's go. So, the story leading into this was Daniel Summerhays is retiring. If you're not familiar with Daniel Summerhays, he's been around on tour for a very long time. Up and down on the Pjtourweb.com, You know, he's got a family now, and it's the, the grind. It's so taxing on people. So Daniel Summerhayes, he's from Utah, hometown, home tournament, says, hey, this is my last one before I hang it up and become a college golf coach. And he goes out and fires a 62 on Sunday. And, like, we say there's always that one person on Sunday who just go post a number and say, come catch me. And that's exactly what he did. And the conditions got so tough Sunday afternoon, like cold, I don't know if it was a cold front came through, but it was the wind picked up, it started raining. And uh, my boy Kyle Jones, who I played golf with the Baylor, he was on the PGA tour, lost his card. So he's back down on corn ferry and he battled it out and ended up going into a playoff. It was one other guy, Kyle and Daniel Summerhays and Kyle Jones ends up victorious. First corn ferry win. Atta boy, Kyle Jones, my man, super pumped for you. Congrats.
2: I've never watched a corn Ferry event, honestly, I guess since it's been renamed. Happened to be watching that. I was familiar with him at Baylor, so it was cool to watch. He actually looks like a Baylor bear, like literally. Yeah, um, call him the
0: Grizzly he, Bear. Is that like a good nickname we can get going?
2: I think so. But he almost chipped in to win, which would have been really cool. But uh, battled it out in the playoff, got the W, so that was cool.
0: For sure. Yeah. I don't know if Kyle's okay with that. I need a Texan. Maybe he'll come on the pod. Uh, the Grizzly bear. We'll see if that sticks or not. Uh, (laughs) wouldn't lead with that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like such a great guy though. I mean, can't say enough about the guy. Uh, actually when we had coach McGraw on the podcast last year, we were talking a little bit about Kyle and he just lives and breathes golf works super hard and it's so good to see not only somebody we know, but somebody where you know their story, just the hustle, the grind, seeing it pay off. Big shouts to Kyle Jones. Congrats on the win, man. And uh, hopefully you'll come on the pod and we'll see you soon. So got a few more minutes. Y'all, y'all want me to talk about Texas Golf Association? Yep. Yeah, okay. quickly. Hit it. KJ, if you need to jump off at any time, man, just go for it. All right. So I played in the Texas Am qualifier today. And it's been one of those I signed up for, as I mentioned, I'm currently on fur- furlough, going back to work in a few weeks. So I uh, really felt like I was working hard because I know the Texas A.M. is not, it's not easy to qualify for. I played in the mid-A.M. last year. It's a little easier. And it's on my home course at Sugar Creek where I play my junior high and high school golf. So I was very excited. I know the course really well. Uh, just had to get ready. And last week, I realized I was hitting the ball terrible. So I got a lesson and then was able to work it out a little bit. And long story short, I did not qualify for the Texas AM today. Uh, not gonna lie, very disappointed in myself. Uh, 74 got you into a playoff for alternate. So if you shot 72, you were in. There were two 73s, those are alternates. And then 74 got you into a playoff for the alternate. And um, so I started off kind of rough. Of course, it was. Pretty tough out there, I'm not gonna lie. It was a little windy, probably like club and a half, two club wind most of the day at Sugar Creek. And it's fairly tough to go low there. You really gotta be on. And so I'm three over through six to start off with two three putts. And what? Yeah, the two three putts though were like sixty footers. Like it was I wasn't too upset about it. So I'm three over through six. And then I was like, all right, like like let's just swing freely hit some good golf shots, have fun out there. And uh, I want to give big shout out to the guys I played with, Billy and Christian, really good guys. Hopefully, Christian, you're listening. I was telling him about the pod. So a uh, lot of fun out there. And Christian, I think, is an alternate. He made it as an alternate. And But then I battle back and get to even par. I birdie 8, 11, and 12 to get to even. And then 14 and 15 are the two toughest stretch of holes, in my opinion, out there or uh, no, I'm sorry, 13, 14, 15. And I par 13 and 14, so I'm really pumped. And then I bogey 15, but I was happy, it was a good bogey. And then I'm sitting on the tee on 17 plus one, it's par five, thinking, all right, if we get a birdie here, and then par 18, we'll, we'll be looking good. Or even if I go par, par, I'll be in the mix. That's all, I just wanna be in the mix. And on 17, I slice it off the face of the planet. Did you catch the, those woods or that out-of-bounds over there? And I hit it out-of-bounds on 17. Yeah, Just a straight. Like slice or a, a block? It was a block slice. Just. Oh, beautiful. Not, beautiful. Not good. And generally, See, so I hit. far right, sh- bro. Yeah, I hit. I mean, it was probably like 40, 50 yards right. It was. I'm never, <laughs> I am never literally. Say, I, I, hit I hit like 30-yard ropers times. and I couldn't even aim that far right. <laughs> yeah, I've never hit it out-of-bounds there. So it was very upsetting. And so I double 17. And so I'm sitting three over on 10. I'm thinking maybe if I birdie on 18 and then I hit a terrible wet shot and just three jacked 18. because so I knew I was out of it at that point.
1: You put like me three, three putts.
0: Yeah. Greens were fast, dude. Like I, I felt like I was rolling the Rockwell. Like I, I made the putts I was supposed to make. Mm. It's just those three three putts. I was sitting forty fifty feet from the hole to start off, so it's just it was tough. And I got to uh, rock,
1: boys. I gotta meet all right, you. KJ,
0: jump off. A little white balls left. We'll sure. see. All right. <laughs> all, right. all right. So it's just me and T Bone now, which is tight. Uh, but yeah, dude, T Bone, it was it was tough out there, man. Um, I felt like I've worked pretty hard to to get into it, so I'm not gonna lie, I'm very disappointed because I was even with four to play and I finished four over the last four holes. So that's, that sucked.
2: Do you think it's, it was just uh like I I don't know. It just kind of happened or do you think you need more tournament reps or both
0: tournament reps probably would, it's always good to get tournament tournament reps. I think, I don't know the answer to that. Um, cause at least I guess I just blacked out cause I was, I was trying to feel one move at the ball the whole day and it was working. I was hitting the ball actually pretty good. Uh, again, on 15, it was just, that's a tough part three. I did really good bogey there. I was almost in the water. So mm-hmm. 17, I felt like I made my move at the ball and, uh, just, I don't know what happened that that happened one other time and it was on three. You no, know, the dog like left part five. And but I sliced it probably 80 yards right, but that's no problem over there. Mm-hmm. It was fine. That's just and even usually. So they built a new tee box that's further back where the tee usually is. You can actually do that because you can clear the stuff. It's only probably like a two twenty carry from there, so yeah. it's usually okay. But with the tee box further back, it was probably two fifty carry, two forty carry. Mm-hmm. And because I sliced it right, it doesn't go as far. And the wind was coming in off the right, too. So it was knocking it down even more.
2: Yeah. And
0: so that just, that shot, that drive's going to keep me up for a while. That's going to keep me up a not, I think. Because, again, I've, I've, I feel like I've put in the work and to see it not happen, like, but it's, that's golf. So, I mean, 76 was my posted score today. Overall, I mean, I'm happy with it. Obviously, very disappointed considering I was right there. If it wasn't on a par five, that would be all right. But the fact that it happened on a birdie, very birdieable par five on a place that I've never hit it before, and I've played the course a thousand times, that hurts. Yeah. So, is there a, a next tournament on the calendar? I don't have anything set at the moment. I was looking into the Texas Four Ball. Heck, T-Bone, we could play another next-gen golf event shout out to our friends at next gen golf we could so that but that's not like a true tournament feel yeah yeah it probably will be whenever we get to uh the sea island national Mm -hmm. championship yeah but i mean the reason why i feel like i have to work really hard is because obviously like we don't play as much golf we're a golf podcast we have jobs we we do this for fun and we we play as much as we can Mm -hmm. but for the texas am you're playing against a bunch of college kids. Like some yeah. like Christian, one of the guys we played with today, he's a freshman at Incarnate Word. And I mean, dude, the guy was nails just so steady. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, like this is really impressive. Fun to watch. And uh like Matthew Riedel was playing in this event. Uh another kid named Donovan who's really good. He, like a lot of these college golfers who aren't necessarily exempt already into the tournament, but probably yeah. should play. They have to go through these qualifiers. And yeah. So that's why it's just really tough to make it, yeah. And I feel like I, yeah, just because I put in the work, like, doesn't mean you're guaranteed it. But like the fact that I was right there, I was even with four to play, and on a course that I know really well, I know where the misses are, and the place that I missed it just was dead. Yeah, literally it cost me two shots. So tournament of golf is brutal. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, overall, I want to give. Again, accredited credit to the Texas Golf Association. The Marshals were kind of on us a little bit. But so, one thing that was weird is that you had to wear a mask in the cart in between your shots, like if you're riding the cart. <laughs> so, I walked. I walked today. All four of us, because we played as foursomes, which is a little unusual. Usually it's threesomes. Yeah. We all walked today. I don't think that had played a factor into it, though. Like, I wasn't, I didn't feel physically tired going in the 17. I think I just blacked out. I hit a bad golf shot. Yeah. It happens.
2: So you didn't have to wear the mask if you walked. Correct. Oh, totally worth it.
0: Yeah. Totally worth it. And the pens were in the entire time. One thing that was cool is if you went into a bunker, you got to place the bunker because you can't rake it. So you got a club length relief, place it down, just no closer to the hole, but you have to stay in the bunker. Uh, I didn't hit any bunkers today. So that was fine. But yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as – I feel like actually – I know it's not that we were talking about PJ Tour stuff earlier. You can play golf, I think, if you're being responsible and be mm-hmm. safe and healthy out there. Yeah. Especially if you're walking. And even leaving – the we left the pens in the entire time, but they had the styrofoam little yeah. noodle thing to stop it like, going from halfway down. It's very popular out there. So, it, it's still weird putting with the pin in. I don't like it. But, you know, it's all right. It's yeah. not the worst thing in the world. So if you take those safety protocols, you can go play golf. So Texas Golf Association, they did everything right. One thing that was also weird, you didn't have to sign your scorecard. You did like a verbal confirmation. <laughs> and like he read your scores Jeez. back to you, and that was your version of signing the scorecard. Yeah. So, but that's, that's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's a, an adjustment that you make and you go. Yeah. So I don't know. One thing I was looking into – I don't know why. I just, I really want to play in this tournament. I think it'll be yeah. fun. I don't know if it's a redemption thing for Merido for the mid-am. Uh, yeah. The Texas am is a little bit of step up in competition. The mid-am is still really tough. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the, again, you're playing against these young college kids. And one of the kids I played with today was from high school. I mean, he was a pretty salty player shot 74. So um, I think it would just be fun to play, to maybe show myself that I can play at that level of competition. Mm-hmm. So there's a last chance qualifier the Monday before the tournament, I might play in that just to, it's a month from now, just over a month. Give it one last go. We'll see. Why not? Why not? Exactly. I feel like I've, the swing wasn't feeling too great a few days. And then today I was joking, like, I'm just going to duct tape around together, see what happens. And I got really yeah. close to doing it, but the duct tape fell apart at the end. But one thing I'm going to be doing is that I've actually been keeping track of like me practicing videos, like tuning up from about a month out into the event. So I'll spice those together, put a video up for YouTube here at some point in the next few weeks. And then maybe if I play in the last chance qualifier, do a part two or follow up Mm -hmm. that video, but KJ has gone already. So it's just me and Scaff at the moment. T-bone we're running low on time. Do you have anything else that you would like to add?
2: I think we got it. Sh-
0: Thanks Shope everybody sweet. for tuning in. We appreciate y'all an update on the hats. The hats will be coming in this week. Thank you everybody for writing those reviews. We had a few more reviews come in. Can't thank you enough. I'll be contacting you this week to uh, send you either a box of pro V's or a golf ball you're choosing or a hat, whichever you prefer as those come in. So we'll, so if, if there are also a few reviews for the listeners out there that I don't, really know who you are it's kind of hard to tell uh based off the names so DM us, dm us or send me an email the emails in the description below our social media handles are listed below which is the number three three under par pod twitter and instagram the dms are open so contact us there and uh you know write a review tell a friend about the podcast too uh t-bone i want to get together with you on some videos that maybe we can do for the youtube side of things so uh, we had some really good guests last week. Go back and listen to Tanner Beard from Holy Moly. It's awesome. Really good dude. And then we have Dave Gapes from 4to4 4 4 Golf uh, down in Perth, Australia. So go back and listen to those interviews. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, T-Bone, you good, man? Anything else you want to add? we're good. I think we nailed it. All right. I'm Scotty T, T-Bone. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember. Little
2: White Little White Ball's life.